Okay, but this is Hashem Parashas Boys. The schus to be here. I'm not going to be here for the next few weeks. So uh, this year is either not going to happen, or it's going to happen in the United States, and I'll send it over to you. Uh, or you can get the app. Right, you get the app. Look at my name. Look at get the app. That way you can mummage follow all the show. With me? Right up. Okay. Fine. So let's start like this. Rabbi Saif. Vayim Hashem al Moshe Boyel Paris. The Torah begins this week. Perik Yud Pasik Aleph. Vayim Hashem al Moshe Boyel Paris. Ki anich bariti esli boy vesli vavodov leman shisi al soli saeda pekir boy. We mentioned on Tuesday night the famous Ramban. The famous Ramban, it's okay, I can do this one? The famous Ramban this week that says, um, there's two Rambans that are famous. Number one at the beginning of the parasha, number two at the end of the parasha. You'd have to go to the Rambans yourself and see exactly what he says. But it's clear that the Torah is telling us, Laman, in order that the Rabbani Shalom is spelling out clearly to Moshe Rabbeinu and to Klali Saul, what is the reason why he hardened Paris' heart? And the reason was simply because, in order to make sure that um, we realize why the Rabbani Shalom did that, in order to go and give the Gavaldaganism and the Flores to Klali Saul, the Hainu, through the Marquis. So, I saw a very beautiful thing. Shimshon Pinkus, Ferris Shimshon, right over here, before we begin. He brings over here a Zoya College from the Hainu Group, Shimon Bayachai. Now the Zohar Kodesh brings down that Moshe Rabbeinu Ba'etzem was very scared to go to Paray. And that's why the Rabbeinu Shalom said, Boy me, come, come with me, I'll go with you. Ramesh Kaviyachal, the Rabbeinu Shalom is going together with Moshe Rabbeinu to visit Paray. And the question is asked of Shinshon Bingus, why specifically now, by the Makkah of Arbet, which is where we're holding, is why, the, why Moshe Rabbeinu was scared and why Rabbeinu Shalom needed to accompany Moshe Rabbeinu in order to fulfill the mission. And he brings down, again, this is all the Zayah Kodesh of Shema Bayochai, that he brings from Kadmonim, that Moshe Rabbeinu was scared because how many Makkahs had already passed until this stage? Seven. Now we know that seven is Teva. Seven is nature. That's a natural thing is seven. That's what it goes on. <coughs> eight is Lamalam in a Teva. Above nature. We all know Hanukkah. Hanukkah is eight. Uh, eight is Lamalam in a Teva. Seven is the Teva. is the nature. Eight goes above that. Therefore, there have been so far seven Makkahs in Mitzrayim. And Parah doesn't care. He <laughs> doesn't care. Doesn't bother him. Didn't affect him. Didn't bother him. Didn't work. Nothing happened. What's going on? So therefore... Moshe Rabbeinu was scared, saying, well, what's going on over here? You know, this didn't happen. So until now, seven makkas. So therefore, there's no way that in the, in the teva, in the nature of things, I can do anything. Therefore, I need to go to Malam in that teva. Now I need the Rabbeinu Shalaylam. You know, until now, I was holding one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That was teva, that was nature. No, I tried. It didn't work. Now I have to go to Malam in that teva. Maybe I can't go by myself. I need the Rabbeinu Shalaylam. That's the reason specifically now why he needed the Rabbeinu Shalaylam. And that's how he ends off telling us the Rambam, that the Rambam tells us that the Yitzhah is Paroi. It is the Rambam in the Geras Musa that Paroi is the Yitzhah And therefore, we can learn from there where the Gemara tells us the Kedushin Laman of the base. That we know that if Adyitzhar is pretty strong. And Chazal tell us, if not for the Rabbi Nishalam saving us and helping us and literally assisting us, there is no way that we can actually fight our Yitzhar. It's important not shake up nature. We need the Rabbi Nishalam, Lamala Minateva. Since Paroi was the Yitzhar, 
the Yitzhahorah represents Lamalam in a Teva, we need the Rabbi to always help us, just like my Shurabenu needed help from the Rabbi to go to power. Beautiful idea, and I just wanted to share that with you over there. Another couple of ideas as well I want to mention to you. Come on, we all know this from Pesach. Pasuk base in this week's parasha. In order, the Rabbi Yishon wanted us to be able to tell future generations about what happened in Mitzrayim and the wonderful Nisim and Iflois that the Rabbi Yishon caused and did for us. And like the Torah says, Ulema, to Sapeh Ba'ozni Bincha. You'll tell your children, Bincha, your grandchildren, Esasheh, Hisalalti Bimitzrayim, Vesoisasasheh Samtibom, Vidatem, and then you will know. Kiani Hashem. Very, very interesting. What is the conclusion of the Pasuk? So the the, the, the Heiliger Sashulam from Bells explains Pshat that it's actually not for everyone else, actually for us. In other words, when you go and tell the story of Mitzrayim to your children and your grandchildren, not only on Pesach, anytime, you tell them what the Rabbanishab did for us, says the Heiliger Sashulam in Bells that it's, it's for us. That's the ending of the Pasuk. The and then you will know Hashem. You, you, the one that told your children or grandchildren, will then know the Rabbi Nishalim. There's a chidah. The chidah is another pshat. He brings a Gemara in Bometzia that says, famous Gemara, the Gemara says that if you, your son, and your grandchildren are all Tamidichachomim, then it's guaranteed that Torah will never leave from your future generations. And Tosfa says that it only applies when all of them actually knew each other. Then there's, an, there's a virtually unbreakable bond of Torah between father, son, and grandson, especially like Tosfa says if they know each other, and therefore there's no way that it can be actually uh, broken. Says, um, says the Chidah, that's the B'sha'in this Pasuk. You, you tell your son, and you tell your grandson, right? You. Therefore you go, you become Tosfus that you know all three generations knew each other. Mimela. Then you have the second part of the Pasuk. Fidatim Kiani Hashem. All future generations will always know and everyone will know there's a Rabbanish Lalim. That's a Gavaldi Gazach. Okay, Rabbi. So let's move on to something else as well. It says over here in Perigun Pasuk Zayin. The Yomu Avdi Parai. The servants of Parai Lov said to him, Ad Mosay El Zelonu Le Moikish Shalachas Anoshav Yadus Hashem Alehem. In other words, they came to power and they said, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Get them out of here. We can't cope anymore. It's ridiculous. There was a Moedik Orachayim HaKadosh. You, you cannot let this Shabbos go by without going through this Orachayim HaKadosh word for word. It's on this Pasuk, it says the Orachayim HaKadosh, okay, here they complain. Here they say, Parai, get, get them out of here. We can't cope anymore. This is Orachayim HaKadosh, but we never hear from them again. That's it. We never hear from them again. Right? Here the Torah is clearly telling us they came to Paray with a complaint. Get rid of this Jewish nation. They're causing us problems. One second. What about all the other markers? They didn't come complaining. What, what happened over here? So I want to tell, I'm going to speak over to you. I'm not going to go through the words of the Arachai myself because you, uh, you have a whole Shabbos to do that. But, you know, I'll just give you uh, some, a little bit of an outline of what he says. I underline certain things, but I'm just going to say it in English to explain Shabbos. You have to explain like this. Ask the Arachai what's going on? He says, is Paro, what happened over here? What did Moshe Rabbeinu want? He says, we want to go out for three days. We want a vacation. Give us three days off. Okay, we're working hard. We need a vacation. We need a break. It's too much. You know, we're coming to Seder every single day. We're doing Shachas Men First Seder, second Seder, night Seder. It's been three days already. Like, hello. Give us a break. Come on, man. We need to go a break for another week and a half. So they were all asking just for a vacation. What happened over here? Says the Orachim HaKadosh, is Paro such a fool that he's willing to lose everything for a few days? 
Moshe Rabbeinu wanted three days. That's all he wanted. Extended vacation. He says, listen very carefully. He says, there are two things that were going on. There are two ways of understanding. Either the Psha is, they wanted three days of vacation and they're going to come back. Okay, that's one way. Or the Psha is, the Rabbeinu Shalolam, Chas V'Sholam, has not got the Koyach to take Klal Yisrael and Mitzrayim. Rabbeinu Shalolam can't do it. But once they're already out, then Hashem can say, okay, off you go. Sadarachayim HaKadosh, Parah wasn't sure exactly what's going on. Is it Pshat, they pack them on three days and they're going to leave? And, that's, and they'll come back, Say no problem. Or is the Pshat, no, the reason that they want three days is because their God hasn't got Koyach, strength, to take them out of Mitzrayim itself. But once they're out of Mitzrayim, then they can actually continue over there. So therefore, he, he assumed the second Mahalach was correct, and that's why Paroi risked everything in order to say no over there. Now that's what happened over there. Now again, as I mentioned before, we don't hear from these people in Paroi anymore. What's the Pshat? says, the until now, they thought option two, like I mentioned to you, that was the Ikka, meaning God has no power, to take Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, but if they're ready out, I mean, if they go by themselves, then he's got the Kaya to take them fully out completely over there. The problem is, says Ochaim HaKadosh, once they saw that Moshe Rabbeinu was carrying out every threat exactly the way he said it, whatever he said would happen, actually happened, to the T, to the exact. Then they realized the first option was true. That really the Rabbeinu Shalom, Avada does have the Koyach, right? They did have the Koyach. So why did they say, not the case, they just wanted a vacation. That's why they came complaining, <coughs> Dafka over here, because they only wanted a three-day break. He comes on to say that Pari to the, uh, um, um, put them to the test and said, okay, who wants to go? The men, the boys, no problem. Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, everybody goes. Says Pari, if you just want to go for a vacation to serve your God, it should be enough. The men and the children and the boys. Why not take everyone? Must be the second Mahalach is back to and he holds that God has got no God and that's why he hardened his heart and that's why he said no. I hope everyone's with me on that but it's a beautiful explanation of Dorah Kodesh to explain Pshat in that Pasuk. Let me move on Rabbi Isai. Something else as well also very interesting. There's a famous Ramban in and Perik Yod Pasuk Yudalit Vayalo Arbe Kol Eretz Mitzchayim Never before and never after was there a plague of locust like there was over here. Now there's a famous Ramban over here on the parasha. It is the second paragraph. There's three paragraphs. <coughs> We're going to read it to you now. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the Ramban quotes Rabbeinu Hananel. Rabbeinu Hananel says that if ever locusts appear in Eretz Yisrael, which could happen, we've had sometimes plagues of locusts, it happens, it will never ever consume the vegetation like it did in Mitzrayim. And therefore, even if it could be that we will have Arab locusts in some form, the Torah is saying it will never happen again, doesn't mean necessarily only they won't come, but it means they won't actually um, take up and use all the vegetation, which is what they did in Mitzrayim. In fact, by the way, Rabbi Nechanan over here holds they weren't even Arab, they were crocodiles, but that's a whole different Shaila. I'm sorry, the, the, the frogs. Um, but I've got one, that's really a whole different Shaila. But that's what he says over there, and that's the reason why, and that's what he says. The Rabbi Nechanan Salavechik, when he, there was a famous miser that um, Rav Mendelssohn, who was the Rav of Kermemias, 
uh, once time paid a visit to Rebizek Zev Salavechik in Yerushalayim, and his own Shmiti, and he told him the following story, he said just a few weeks before there was a massive swarm of locusts, a huge, a huge swarm, of, uh, people were very nervous about the matzahs, about all the uh, grains over there, and he said, don't worry, he said, the Rava Kremir said, you have to have enough worry, we keep Shmita over here, and if we keep Shmita, so you guarantee that the Shmita will be Shmir on us, and that's exactly what happened, the locusts affected the entire area and all sides of the village, but they never actually went into the village of Kremir itself, when when Rabbi heard this, he pulled out the Chomish, he pointed to this Ramban in this week's parasha, quoting Rabbeinu Hananel, and he says, The person is always meant to speak about the most amazing things that the Rabbeinu did for Kalal Yisrael at any time. Let's move on, Rabbi Yisai. Also, a very, very interesting thing. This is Pasuk Chof Aleph. There's going to be darkness. Some say, "Why? Why Choshech?" And I'm not going to go to now. You must tell me. You saw the Kiyaka last week's parasha where he goes through all the um, the different makas and how the midah connected midah. So why Choshech? So there is a Medrash Tanchuma that explains that since Mitzrayim wanted to put Klal Yisrael in prison, prison was very very dark. Midah connected midah. They got Choshech. They got darkness. But I'll tell you a very very interesting idea. What was this darkness? So the Sforna says it was a, it was like thick fog, like London fog. It was completely, it was so foggy that they won't be able to see anyone. It wasn't actual darkness, it was a fog. That's what the Sfarnas says right over here. That's what he says. The Torah Tamima has an unbelievable pshat. So Tamima brings a medrash. And he says that it was Ka'ove Dina. Ka'ove Dina, says the Torah Tamima, explains pshat, that it was the thickness of a Dina, which was a coin that was placed on their eyes. There was no actual darkness in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was light. But somebody at Rabbonishnam had placed a, a, a coin over their eyes, which was Ka'ovedina, the thickness of Adina, and therefore they weren't able to see. Agav, people, there are people that don't like the Torah Tamima, it's because of this trap. This trap in this week's parasha, that's one of the main reasons why people don't like the Torah Tamima. It's because of the Napsha over there. Others say Pshat in the Medrash is not like the Torah Tamima, not that they had anything in their eyes, rather it was a sickness that the Egyptians had. What was that sickness? They didn't see their brother when there was light, when they could see. They never saw someone else's pain. They never saw someone else's tsar. They never saw someone else's happiness. If you didn't see somebody else, that sickness developed into a sickness that they couldn't see out of their eyes. That's Pshat in the Medrash, not like the Torah Tamima. Very, very nice Pshat. Rabbi, so let's move on to one extremely unbelievable idea. I even photocopied the Pnei Yeshua. Those of you learning Dafiyomi will find this fascinating. And if you don't know Dafiyomi, you learn Mishatlas Brachas one time in your life. This is an unbelievable story. Listen carefully. We know... Beginning of a V, right, which is Yudal of Dalit. Vayoyme Moshe Koyamar Hashem Kachatsoi Salayla. Morning, remember that? Kachatsoi Salayla. And he yotsa besoich mitzrayim. Around Chatzais. So it's a shine in the Gemara. What did that mean? Why did Moshe Rabbeinu say that? Why did he say Kachatzais? As the Rabbanu Shem says, Kachatzais. He didn't want them to think that he was a liar, right? It's like, picture the scene. It's a picture the scene. You're in Egypt. You're in Mitzrayim. The Egyptian is in his house. Right? His firstborn son just drops dead. He looks at the watch. Ha! Mishra Bain is a liar! He said 12 o'clock. It's 11.58 and 45 seconds. He's a liar. Seriously? Is that really what was going on? Is that really what's happening over here? Come on, it doesn't make any sense. 
who asked this kasha the Pnei Yeshua asked this kasha in the Gemara Brachas Tav Gimel right a free photocopy if you want to see it afterwards it's absolutely mind boggling so he says it doesn't make sense that that is what was going on a minute later because it was they didn't have a radio controlled clock they didn't have an iPhone with the app with exactly the right time come on they, it was Baruch 12 o'clock which woman is a lie it makes no sense so he explains like this and he says he explains in a way that changes the whole mahalach of this episode of his. says the Pnei Yeshua like this. Moshe Rabbeinu knew this was his final attempt to basically wow Mitzrayim. Right? This was his final attempt to prove wrong all the magicians, everyone in Mitzrayim. Why? Because originally they said that Moshe Rabbeinu was doing magic. It's not the Rabbeinu Shlana. This is, this is, this is Moshe Rabbeinu doing some magic, whatever it is. Even by the Kinim, when they said Etzba Lekimhi, it doesn't mean Hashem. It means it's an angel of force. It's not God. They never actually believed that the Rabbanishim did anything. The question is why. Isn't it obvious? Says the Pnei Yeshua like this. This is unbelievable, Rabbi Say. Says the Pnei Yeshua. Parai looked into the Torah. Parai looked into the Torah. And he saw that it was written in the Torah, as it is, that Klan Yisrael are going to be slaves in Mitzrayim for how long? For 400 years. Parai looks at his calendar and says, it's only been just over 200 there's no way this is God because in their Torah it says it's going to be in there for 400 years it's only been just over half just over 200 years if that's the case said Parai all these rabbis come along with beards telling me that God told me to do it it's not a masses it's garbage because in their Torah it, tell, it tells them itself it's going to be 400 years that's the pshat why he hardened his heart because he said it cannot be the Rabbi Nishalaylam and there's a Mephusha posted at this as well that how that he says that how could it be that the Rebbeinu is sending the place and let the, the, let the Jews out? It doesn't make sense. Now he didn't know that the Cheshbon of four hundred is from the Brisbane and Besor later, Yitzchak, whatever, and therefore what's taken four hundred from there, but not in actual Mitzrayim, which is not negated right now. But that's what it is. So therefore he says all these plagues are very nice, they're very impressive, but Lemay said they're not from the Jewish God, they're not from the Rebbeinu Shlolam, Makas which is a tremendous Koyach, and it's at exactly at twelve o'clock. This all of a sudden is an explanation it's from God. Why? Because we know, and even Paru knew that, that 12 o'clock is an Iswatson. The angel of destruction has no Koyach at 12 o'clock. Right? The Malach HaMavas has no Koyach, whatever this means, at exactly 12 o'clock. Right? It's a time of healing, and therefore, it was this Makkah understood Moshe Rabbeinu that's going to separate from the rest and tell Paru, this one is from the Rabbeinu Shalom. And therefore, that is the reason why, says the Pnei Yeshua, um, What's going on here? This really proved to to to, to Paro that it's from the Rabbeinu Shalom, and there's no other way of doing that. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to lose this exact golden opportunity because there were those people that say it wasn't exactly twelve, it wasn't Ace Watson, and therefore he didn't didn't prove anything. Only when it's exactly at twelve could it prove to Paro that it was really what it was meant to be, and therefore changes everything. And therefore he should have um, changed his heart in that way. I hope you guys followed that. But it was, I've got this photocopy of it. If you're interested, and see that. Just a couple of other horrors. Um, uh, today, we know that the blood on the doorpost was an ice, was a sign of he says, was it really the blood that saved them from the plague? Avad or not? It was those people that put their emunah and betochen in the Rebbeinu Shalom, who didn't care about taking the Egyptian God and placing it on their blood, on their doorpost. Someone like that, someone that really puts Rebbeinu Bechayi, Rabbi that says that someone that places his trust in the Rebbeinu Shalom, that person 
is zoichet to tremendous, tremendous protection from Hashem. And it goes very much with a theme, which we've not mentioned here, but I've mentioned it other times, that according to how much Amun and you have, is according to how much you get from the Rabbi Nishalayim as well. In Pasuk Tezayin, Uvayoy Mishim Mikro Kodesh, Uvayoy Mishim Mikro Kodesh, Elochem, Komalochol Oyesol Bohem, Ask the Meshach Chachma. There is the very first Pesach in Mitzrayim. There's an Issa to eat Chomets. Only applied, says the Meshach Chachma, to the very first day of Pesach. Not to the seven days of Pesach like it applies to us nowadays. That's the Meshach Chachma. You look it up, that's why he learns Pshat. Right? In the first year of Pesach, they only weren't allowed to eat Chomets on the first day. So the question is why were Klali Sotak instructed to keep all seven days? Right? Wait till Kabbalah says Torah. You'll get it with the rest of the Torah. It's not a gain to them now. Says the Meshachachma. It's a very important lesson over here. All of the nations over here is going to celebrate. All the nations in the world celebrate when they won over their enemies. It's a normal thing. When a person celebrates, has something over his enemies, so he celebrates with that thing. It's a celebration. You won. Baruch Hashem. It's a Kabbalah. Right? But not us. We don't celebrate when we succeed about somebody else. It's not a celebration because Mitzrayim lost. We're not happy when somebody else fell. And therefore, had the, had the Yidden only been told to keep Pesach later, then they would say, ah, the seven extra days is a celebration because Mitzrayim died and everything else. And that's not true. That's why they got the instruction now to keep it. So no one should think that later on it's an explanation, it's a celebration because of somebody else's downfall. But I say two more things and then you guys can eat breakfast. And that is like this. Impossible Lamar Aleph. For Yikul Amoshel Aaron Laila. For Yom Kumut Tzur Toich Ami Gama Tembene Yisrael Luchu Ivdu As Hashem Kedabrachem. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky Nemesli Yaakov a beautiful Yisoid. He says that you have to understand it was already from midnight that the Mitzrayim were desperate for us to leave. Over the Gemara Brachos that we know in Dafiyomi Daf Tesamar Aleph tells us that they didn't leave until the morning. What's the pshat? Because the Rabbanim Shem told them. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Can you imagine? after hundreds of years being slaves in Mitzrayim and Egypt had the opportunity to leave but they didn't you know why? because God didn't tell them to they didn't imagine you had the opportunity just go just go leave get out of there here's your opportunity to run no God didn't tell me to so I'm not going to do so so Zub Yaakov Kamenetsky you know what that shows of Klali's role it shows of Klali saw that they had the opportunity to leave and you know they didn't know what was going to be tomorrow if all they know the gates were closed again who knows but no, God didn't tell us to leave, we are not leaving. And that shows an unbelievable thing of Kalisol. And let me end with one last thing, as it says in Yud Perik Yud Beis, Posuk Chavches, which is actually earlier, I'm sorry, I missed this one, right before Shishi. Right, they did exactly, when it came to the Korban Pesach, what the Rabbani Shalom told them, what Moshe Rabbeinu Ba'aron told them, the Shem Rabbani Shalom. Says Rashi, Wow! Isn't this amazing? Look at Kalal Yisrael. They listen to Moshe and Aaron about doing the Korban Pesach. Shleif, Ida, Dovah, Mekom, Mitzvah, Moshe, Aaron. The Moshe didn't deviate from anything that Moshe and Aaron told them. Ah, how beautiful is that? Rabbi Sai, let me ask you a question. What was going on? They, told, they were told that if you offer the Korban Pesach, your children will be saved and they will not go through Makas Pachiris. And here we're saying, ah! Oh, so nice of you to do the carbon Pesach. So it was a Sakona. It was a major Sakona. They took the Abedizor of the Egyptians and they killed it. I mean, that was a major Sakona. But that doesn't do justice. 
Because if any of us have our firstborn child and we know that if we don't offer this korban Pesach and put ourselves in a little bit of a sakana, our child's going to die. What are you going to do? Of course you're going to do it. What's the shayla? And it's not even that. Since the Chadush HaLev, it's Mashmur from Rashi, that Tafka the Shvach is, the Shvach is that they did it exactly the way it is. And he says, why wouldn't they? And he explains it beautifully, so it. Again, maybe we could say the question is more starker than the answer, but at least take the idea of the Chadush HaLev. He says, you know, many people do mitzvahs. Many people do mitzvahs. Even when you have to do them, you do them anyway. But you do them with all the diktokim, you do them all the protim, you do them every detail? Possibly not. Even now, when they had to bring the Korban Pesach, you know how many details there were? Breaking bones, how to roast it, you know, there were tons of details. They would have done it. Would they have done it with every detail? Davdavka. The Shvach over here that Rashi is telling us is that for every detail they took of the mitzvah, they didn't deviate from anything from that mitzvah. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Mitzvah Shem, this shit will be replaced and uh, you should have a wonderful Shabbos and we'll see you tonight.